Welcome to the Peak Community Church Podcast, where weekly messages are available for your hearing. There were seven. Um, there are actually eight. Eight synoptic riddles. And what the synoptic riddles are, they're the parables of Jesus Christ, but they're the parables of Jesus Christ that can be found in all three synoptic gospels. So out of the 48 parables that Jesus taught upon, there were eight of them that can be found in all three gospels. And so we pulled them out in order to begin to dissect them. And so um, what a parable is, it's an everyday imagery used to explain something else. It's almost like a riddle, right? And that's why I call this series Synoptic Riddles, because sometimes, you know, Jesus, why do you speak in riddles? I mean, you know, and it's so, he said, it's been given to you to know the times and seasons, but for those having ears to hear, they cannot hear. And so he spoke in what we would call pastoral language he likened the kingdom of heaven to things that are earthly so that we can get a concept of what it is and the first one was light under the basket right the the light under the bushel you don't light a light to put it under a bushel you have to release the light and we are the light and we spoke about the releasing of that light we had the garment and wineskins, and, and we knew that we can't put old wine in new wineskins or new wine in old wineskins, but that we have to receive new skins. Chris, I love you, bro. It's good to see you, man. It's good to see you. God said that uh, a kingdom divided cannot stand. A kingdom divided cannot stand. And so therefore, Jesus becomes the stronger man. When we've got these temptations and these vices that are living within us, they're, they're demonic influences. And, and it seems that when there's a strong man that's in the house, the Bible says that there's got to be a stronger man that's able to come out and kick him out. Jesus. And Jesus is that stronger man. And if he comes in, he will release us. He will release us. He will release us. But we know that we can't just leave an empty vessel. And we've got to fill that vessel. Because those demonic forces will try to come back. And, and that old vice, when it comes in, it tries to grab you. And not, not only will it grab you like it had you before, but it will bring you down even further. Um, a kingdom divided cannot stand. We spoke about the sower. Right? The parable of the sower. And, and, and we know that this isn't so much about the seed. The seed is the same. The seed does not change. It, it's about the soil. And, and we spoke that that seed has to be sown into sound ground. And we spoke about wanting and, and having that desire to be sound ground for the word of God to be implanted within us so that we can see the harvest. Amen? And then we spoke about the mustard seed. And uh, this was all about kingdom-minded, right? Being kingdom-minded. And we spoke about watching out for them birds. You got to watch out for them birds, man. They're going to try to snatch up the blessing that God has for you. Uh, (laughs) And and then we had the ungrateful tenants, 
the ungrateful tenants. And we realize how much of an awesome landlord we have. All of the things that the landlord would do for us. Uh, sending the prophets, making a way, bringing forth forgiveness. I mean, setting up shop. I mean, he, he has the land. He has the resources. He set up the vine press. I mean, it was a turnkey operation. All, he had the key. And he said, look, this business, this business is ready to go. Here's the key. All you got to do is manage it. And of course, human desire and the sinful nature you know yeah someone gives you a hand and when you ain't living right you want to take a take the arm take the torso take the leg i mean you know how we are we're going to grab whatever we can get and um and 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 we realize what 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 an awesome landlord we have um and and how we should live and then three weeks ago obviously we did the fig tree we did the parable of the fig tree, and it's the signs of the times. It's the signs of the times. When, when we see that, that, that fig budding, we know that summer is near. Huh? When I saw that steam in my coffee pot, I knew my coffee was going to be ready. How many people know I love coffee? Hallelujah. Hey, listen, family. If you, haven't, you, know, if you didn't catch any of these or you missed uh, any of them, just please know that they're available for free for your listening pleasure. Um, you can download, look us up, uh, podcast on iTunes and Google Play. And, um, you know, Oscar, how many downloads we have now, like on a week to week? Almost 200 and... Um, we, yeah, we have an entire other congregation that's online that, that every week are downloading the messages and they're a part of us. They're just not physically here. How awesome is that? Come on. Hallelujah. So the signs of the times, the end of the age, and, 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 and we need to know this. I got to build on this so that we understand and are able to get into today's package. So, uh, uh, passage. So in the way of um, recap, there were several points that we needed to be aware of that signified Jesus' return, that, that his, his second coming is close. His second coming is close, that the fig tree's branch has become tender. And there are three things that, that let us know, um, that the Bible says would let us know that his coming is near. The first one was religious deception. How many people we got to know that's happening all around the world? The second one is social and political upheaval. How many people know that we, we, we see that constantly? Huh? I mean, right here. Well, let alone on the, on the global stage. Uh, how many people know that the third level, natural calamities, natural calamities, earthquakes and, and hiddens. I mean, we're, we're constantly, you know, hearing this term of, of uh, um, the greenhouse effect and global warming and this and that and all of these other issues, uh, tornadoes and twisters happening in, in crazy places. I mean, New York was hit like... We, had, we were hit with, I don't know, several tornadoes last year. That's like unheard of. And yet we're seeing all of these changes taking place. And, and based on that three, those three fronts, how many people know that Jesus' return is near? Amen. Huh? Amen. Over 2,500 prophecies written in the scriptures in the Bible, and over 2,000 of them have already been fulfilled to the T. There's about 400 prophecies that need to be fulfilled, and some of them are being fulfilled right now in our hearing. What's taking place in Israel, him becoming a sovereign nation, Bible says, Surely I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away without seeing the second coming of man. 
And then the Bible says that these things, that's not, that's not that he's coming. These are just the beginning of sorrows, the beginning of sorrows. And, and I spoke about the Greek translation of the beginning of sorrows. What, what, what the word is, it signifies is birth pangs, labor. It's a woman going to labor. How many people know that when a woman starts going into labor, when the woman labor, ain't that baby coming? How many people know that baby coming? Huh? I mean, they could give you injections and try to slow them contractions down and then send you home, and then you got to go back, back to the hospital like two days later. I don't know. I, it may sound like I'm speaking out of experience. <laughs> but, but, you know, once that baby's coming, that baby's coming, man. You, you know, you're timing contractions, you're, you're measuring centimeters. Oh, when that baby says it's coming and you see the beginning of those contractions, it may be long labor, it may be short labor, but I can assure you, the product of labor is a baby. Aren't you glad you came to church to learn that? <laughs> and so these will be the beginning of the birth pangs, and I believe that uh, um, spiritually, the world is in, uh, the, 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 the spiritual realm is in contractions. I believe that. I believe the contractions have started. We have seen the beginning of these sorrows. And verse 13 says, But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And that hupameno, that, that Greek word for endures, to hold one's ground in conflict. That means that things, stuff is coming at you this way, and you're just planting your feet, and you're holding your ground. You're enduring, bearing up against the adversity that, that approaches you. You hold out under stress. I mean, weight after weight after weight. I mean, maybe bringing me down, but I ain't buckling. It's, 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 I'm going to endure and hold this down until I can feel this weight coming off of me. And I know that that day will come. Amen? This isn't a passive resignation to fate or mere patience, but this is an active, energetic resistance to defeat. I will not be defeated. I will put up a fight. And so what is it that we ought to be doing? What is it that we ought to be engaged in? So we wait for his return. We're waiting for something. We're waiting for his return. But we're supposed to be doing something between now and then. And verse 14 gives us the, 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 the key to this. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. And after that, he made this clear, and we followed it. He followed that with today's passage. So if you would open up your Bibles, and how's that for an intro? <laughs> Praise God, man. Um, Matthew chapter 24, verses 45 to 51. Hallelujah, and I've got about 25 minutes. Lord, Father, you and your time shall unpack this, Father. In Jesus' name. Matthew 24, 45 through 51. If you don't have it, um, it'll be up on the board. And the scripture is read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Who then is a faithful and wise servant 
whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find doing so. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour that he is not aware of and will cut him in two and appoint his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for this opportunity to come and gather. You say in your word, do not forsake the congregating of the brethren, the assembling, O Father, of the saints. And I thank you, God, that you've given us this place, an appointed time and an appointed space to be able to worship you. I pray, O Father God, that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would flow through this place. Prepare our hearts to receive. Open our eyes that we may see. Open up our ears that we may hear, O Father God, your small, still voice this morning. And do not allow anyone who entered through these doors, O Father, leave in the same condition that they came in. I pray that you would bless them increase them anoint them empower them oh father god fill them with your holy spirit in jesus mighty name amen and amen hallelujah so it's pretty clear that we got to be found faithful and responsible be found faithful and responsible in our service in the things that we are left here to do we must be found to do them and uh, uh, just look at your neighbor and tell them, I want to be known as a faithful nutritionist. I want to be, be known as a faithful spiritual nutritionist. Come on now. A faithful spiritual nutritionist. In fact, that's the title of my message this morning. It is the faithful spiritual nutritionist. Amen. Jesus turns attention from the duty of watchfulness in view of not knowing the hour because it's given to no man to know the time or the hour. We don't know. And, and in our not knowing, it says that we ought to remain watchful, vigilant. We're waiting for the hour. We may not know when it's going to come, but we know it's coming. What do we do? What do we do as we're waiting It says to the fate. It's speaking about the fate, the end result. What's going to be the end result? And and he speaks of these two servants. He speaks of the first one. What is the fate of the first servant who is ready when his master comes? And 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 that the second serpent, he's not he's unprepared. We've got two servants. One's ready and the other one's not. And Jesus gives us this parable to give us an illustration as to what that's going to look like. He, 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 in a lot of ways, is, he's, he's inviting his hearers to reflect on their own state of readiness. Jesus was a master teacher. Um, he was able to speak and just plant certain seeds or certain thoughts in someone's mind that would bring forth self-reflection, that would say, man, if that's true, 
where do I stand in light of that truth? And that's where we got to ask, where do I stand in light of God's truth? Because you know what? Who has to change? God doesn't change. His word doesn't change. If his word says it, even though it may rub me the wrong way and I may not like it or understand it, I got to come to the place of knowing that daddy knows best. His plan for me is better than my own plans for myself. And if he's telling me, hey, listen, you'd be wise and you'd do well if you stayed away from this. And then so when, when, when I don't stay away from that, who's to blame? Come on. I'm public. The faithful and the sensible slave is one whom is put in a responsible position while his master is away. And, and, and I'd like to just add to this. Uh, uh, the, he does not owe his position to his own deliberate choice. He's not, he didn't step up and say, I want to be a leader. He didn't say, hey, Lord, put me in charge. God, the Lord, his master, put him in charge. It wasn't based on his own position or his own will. It was God's will that said, you know what? Out of all of these slaves, out of all of these servants within this household, I'm going to choose one and I'm going to say, hey, Christina, you're in charge. That's, that's, that's grace. That's a gift. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel like you're ready to be in charge? You certainly will be. And this is God's grace. This is who, what he says. He says that he's going to take the foolish things of this world to confine the wise. He takes pleasure in being able to just pull out of the ordinary and breathe himself upon it and make it extraordinary. Jesus, come on. Huh? It's the God we serve. I'm going to take the ordinary and my ruakados breathe life into it and watch the ordinary transform into extraordinary this is what god's plan is for us so this faithful uh this 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 faithful and sensible slave servant was was placed over this position no choice of his own his master has appointed him over his household but being there he is responsible you put me in a position, I got to take ownership of that position. Huh? I've seen a lot of people get promotions in, 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 in jobs, and, and their just heart wasn't into the promotion. Their, their heart, they weren't a company man. There's a difference between a job and a career. There's, there's a difference between somebody that goes to work and, and, and for the nine to five, and there's, another per, and, and, and there's another person that goes into the same job, into the same position, but doesn't look at the clock. They look at what the, what, what's the objective. What is it that we're trying to do? I'm not going to nickel and dime the clock. I'm looking at making sure that we get done what, what we're supposed to get done. And so, you know, they're the people that, you know, if it's a nine to five, they're showing up at about... 8.55, 9 o'clock, and they're going to the coffee machine, and they want to get their donuts, and they really don't start getting work until about 9.20. I'm sorry, I don't want to go from preaching to meddling. But I'm just saying that, you know, if we, if we are truly going to be a reflection of God's kingdom, let's not be the, you know, 8.55 person at the 9 to 5. Let's turn around and, and really become that, you know, 8.30 person that already got the coffee in hand, already kind of sitting in. I've already cleared off my emails. By the time 9 o'clock done, I've got, I've done more stuff productively than most people doing all day. Shh. 
The early bird, I guess that worm. His task, this, this faithful servant, right? He got appointed. He said, look, I'm going to make you ruler over all my goods. There's a task to be sure that the members get their food and get it at the proper time. Man, I tell you, someone just gave me a book. Thank you, Lynn. Uh, uh, the Maker's Diet. And, uh, you know, when, when, when I, I went through my, you know, when I went through my phase. How many people remember me when I was 250? 250 pounds. Like, I had gotten up to 250. I was, I was hurting. I was eating. I, you know, it was comfort food. And I know. I listen. I'm, hello. Uh, <laughs> it was a struggle. It was a physical battle for me. My God, come on. I want my physical health back. I'm, I, I, gotta, I, I had to take two turns to tie my shoes. <laughs> I had to take the first breath, get down there. <laughs> I had to take the breath. I had to take a break. Just to get that and get the <laughs> yo. Can I be transparent? I mean, I just want to be real. <laughs> it's good to get back down there, dog. <laughs> As I was like trying to reclaim my health back and figure out, and I man, I needed a diet, and I got into like the carbs and started studying the whole thing out. You know that it's not even so much. A lot of it is, it's 80% of this is what you eat. 80% of, of, of being in shape and being healthy, it, it, it's not how much you work out. 80% of it is actually what you eat. Do you know it's not just what you eat, but it's also when you eat it? We're, we're, we're all my parents in the house. Come on, you know like after school, after work, you get home, you start getting that rice and beans on, on the stove, and you get in uh, that meal, and, and all of a sudden, shorty comes from outside playing football or baseball or whatever, full of sweat, and he comes in running and goes to the pantry, and man, hey, 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 put those chips back, put that, right? You don't want to spoil your, you don't want to spoil your dinner, you don't want to spoil your appetite. Huh? We, that's, we, we know that there's a proper time to eat certain foods. Things that are permissible and things that are not. Uh, uh, you don't want to go, you know, in, in the sense of it, for your health-wise, you don't want to wait until nighttime and have a heavy dinner filled with carbs that's going to sit within your body overnight and those carbs turn into sugar and then the sugar turns into fat and then all of a sudden, but you know what, I didn't eat anything all day except when I got home, I... Hello? You weren't eating at the proper time. Can I tell you that if that is true physically, it's also true spiritually you know that there are people that you know what they, they just got stuffed on something and, and they're not even hungry they don't even got ears to hear and then here you go trying to feed a meal that's not ready to be received come on i'm talking to my evangelists in this house today because god has you we have to move based on discernment to know where a person's appetite is at spiritually if we're gonna serve a spiritual meal right you know when you go to a really good meal you sit down you know those appetizers come out just to kind of open up the appetite that's why it's an appetizer i love appetizers so, 
So the appetizer is there, and the appetizer is supposed to kind of get you ready, get, get the juices flowing, get your digestive tract kind of open it up, and so you're ready for a nice entree. I like me some nice entrees. <laughs> but the appetizer is supposed to, you know, there are people that just, you know, uh, spiritually, they're not, they're not ready to receive the meal that you have. And we, being spiritual nutritionists, this is what the Bible says, that the faithful servant was left to give his slaves, the other servants, their food in their due time. There's a key in that in regards to how we share the gospel. Huh? How many people know, like, when you, when, all right, I'll, I'll go to the movie theater. You know, you catch a matinee. Nobody does matinee. Who does matinee? <laughs> you know, you ever, you, ever, you ever be in a dark place for a long time, and then all of a sudden you try out to come into the sunlight? Come on, where my party people at, man? You know how the after hours club was. Old side, sit here and lie to me and tell me you don't remember the after hours. <laughs> Yo, you're, you're so accustomed about being in a dark room that all of a sudden you step out into the light. Oh my God, man, that you, you can't even see. They hurt. You want to put the sunglasses on? You're hiding. That's real. That's true. You know that people are in such darkness that you begin to shed the light of the truth of the word of God that all of a sudden, for them, it is so offensive. It is too bright. They can't handle it. It's too much, too soon. Ah, oh, but the spiritual nutritionist knows better. Huh? Hey, hey, hey. Say, my brother, I know you ain't ready for this, but let me, let me tantalize your, your, your palate a little bit. Uh, maybe drop a, a spiritual truth, a little nugget that's within it, and something that you'll be able to relate and say, boom, oh, wow, you know what, man, he's right. And little by little, we begin to feed God's children an appropriate diet in its due time. You know, technically, most people, they, we, we eat uh, three times a day, right? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know, that's not the optimal time to eat. You know that they actually say that we should actually be eating five meals a day? Five, five meals a day. Smaller, portion-controlled meals eaten uh, uh, between two to three hours keeps our digestive tract moving and going better and it's easier to digest and pull all of the nutrients out of the food when our when we're constantly uh, uh keeping that thing in in oiled and lubricated and moving amen and that's important for us to be able to know that because sometimes you might be struggling say man i'm eating this i'm eating that i'm, I'm, I'm working out but i'm not dropping weight whoa the time and there's a food and we got to figure it out amen if you spoke to a nutritionist, they'll break down the micros and the macros, appropriate uh, caloric intake, protein, carbs uh, that you should be consuming on a daily basis. And, and we all know that Jesus ain't speaking about having faithful servants who will provide physical food. 
He's looking for the faithful who will provide that spiritual food. Matthew chapter 4 verse 4 says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The faithful servant is the one who knows the right time to provide spiritual food and does it. Knows how not to create an offense while speaking truth. That's huge. We're living in a time right now that people have become these verbal wordsmiths. They want to switch and twist the things that you say. And hold on, wait, that sounded like what I said, but that's not what I said. How are you going to twist me up like that? No, we got to be right. We got to be concise. We got to know and mean what we say and say and know what we mean. And we have to be able to share the truth and the love of God without compromising it. And in a way that's in love that will not create an offense. This servant slave is is one who knows what he should do. And he doesn't know when his master will return. He's not even concerned. He's not even concerned when his master is going to come back or not. You know, because when, when you're doing the right things for the right reasons, you know how that just takes all the weight off your conscience? You ain't got to look over your back. You don't have to watch who's watching, who's going to come in, who's going to come out. Why? Because I'm going to be found doing the things that I know to do. I don't have to worry about that. And, and, and this particular faithful, spiritual nutritionist had no idea when his master was coming back. And based upon the passage of scripture, he really wasn't even concerned. It doesn't matter when he gets back. All as it should be. Every morning I get up, I do what I know what I'm supposed to do. And whenever he comes back, prayerfully, he finds a house in order. And because it is, I know I'll be blessed. Because that's the kind of master we serve. God rewards the faithful. He's just a good God. He's a good landlord. He's, he's good to work for. You can't, the dividends are, are, are incredible. Incredible. The master will reward the servant by setting him in the most responsible position in the estate. He will be appointed. He will be appointed over all his goods. Notice that the reward for faithful service is the opportunity of serving in a higher, more responsible place. People talk about going to heaven and they're talking about, you know, worship forevermore, bring with the harps on a cloud. We're going to worship the Lord. And what else is there to do up there? What else is there? To I don't know. That sounds kind of boring. You get tired of it. I get, I don't know. You know, y'all know me who know me. I got ADHD. I get tired of doing the same thing for 10 minutes. Like, what else is there? What else is there? <laughs> you know, like, I'm Hello, the reward for faithful service here is greater position of responsibility there. He's going to make us rulers over all his goods. We're going to have positions of responsibility. There is fulfillment in doing the things that you're created to do. You know, for me, work is not just work. This, yeah, uh, uh, Jim Armstrong, love him. Turns around, he says, you know what? Find what you love to do. You'll never work a day in your life. Find what you do. You'll never work a day in your life. It comes out. However, this isn't the only possibility, is it? We got a faithful servant 
And we, we got one that's not so much. Therefore, Jesus proceeds to refer to another slave. This one at the opposite end of the character and achievement scale. You know, you got the, you got the 20 percenters that do 100% of the work, and then you got the 80 percenters that are playing the cracks. That's, that's life. If introduces a hypothetical case. Jesus is not speaking of something that actually happened. He identifies him as that wicked slave, meaning he lacks the moral fiber of the first slave. But Jesus doesn't speak of him as actively rebelling. He, this guy reasons in his heart. He, he justifies. It's not an outward I'm not actively rebelling against God. I'm just timing it. (laughs) That just meant it to somebody. (laughs) It's not an act of rebellion. It's a person that begins to reason within their own minds. Here's that self-will again. Huh? That's, That's our adversary. He reasons in his heart. He reasons in his innermost being. He begins to justify this stuff in his mind. This is not what he says to other people, but but the thinking that governs his actions. He's not going to tell another person, oh, yeah, no, he ain't going to be back for a while. You know, we can chill and stuff like that. But his actions give us that that, that this is exactly what he's doing. Um, people often tell me, don't, 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 don't do what I do. Do what I say. You're a parent. You're going to tell your kid not to do something and then you yourself do it. Hey, hey, don't lie. You should never lie. Ly- lying is wrong. Don't ever lie. And that same exact night, the phone rings. Who is it? Creditors? I'm not home. I'm not home. I'm out. I'm out. But hold on, you said that I can't lie, but it's okay to lie, obviously, in the right situation. What am I teaching my children? Come on. We, we're, we're constantly, they're feeding off of our plates, and we don't even realize the, the dish that we're serving. My master is delayed, sums up the situation for him. He knows he won't be back for some time, and he takes it easy, kind of falls back. You know, because I'll, I'll do the catch-up work. Right before he gets here, then I'll kick it in gear and, and I'll bring it all up to speed. So it's ready when he gets back. <laughs> Somehow in our sinful nature, our apathy tricks us into thinking that the day of reckoning will never come. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. The tree is known by the fruit it produces. Knowing that there is no possibility of being called to account anytime soon, he begins to act unjustly. Think, think about this. He thinks in his heart, and then he acts it out. He thinks in his heart, and then he acts it out. Acting follows thinking. If you're going to write something down, that's, that's something worth writing down. You're acting follows your thinking the things that you're gonna do are a direct result of the things that you already thought come on 
He takes advantage of his temporary superiority over his slaves. I got appointed to this position. And now all of a sudden, you got a little title. You got a little authority. You got a little accolade. Now you want to come up and, hey, you, go uh, go do this. And I'm going to go do that. And now all of a sudden, I'm going to lord my position over my peers. That's human nature. His co-workers were really on the same level as him. But he uses his position to inflict punishment upon them. How many, how many of us in our human nature begin to inflict punishment on those that are around us because of our self-will? What I want, when I want, my desires are greater than your needs and I'm just putting myself first. To this act of cruelty, he adds to it self-indulgence and proceeds to eat and drink with drunkards and this speaks of corruption and debauchery as well as a lack of care in discharging his functions be careful of bad company because bad company corrupts good morals huh you are who you hang out with birds of a feather oh come on y'all preaching to me now this morning where are my parents in the house have you ever tasked your child with something tangible like, you know, cleaning your room or doing all of your chores, completing your homework, and then give them enough time to get comfortable and then come back to check in on them? <laughs> come on, like, I know I, I've, I've held supervisory positions in, in, in the secular world, and um, oftentimes I've had jobs running, and, you know, guys thought that maybe I was out in Queens, but... Um, that switched up, and all of a sudden, I would um, surprise them and show up on an active job site. Where's the security? Have we identified the hazards? Where are your boots? Why aren't you wearing a hard hat? All of the things now become into play in regards to getting this job done. But, you know, you don't want to show up when they're expecting you to show up, because as soon as you show up, yo, there comes, yo, there comes Rob. Yo, get Hey, boss, how you doing? Uh, oh, what do you want? Want me to help you with that? All of these man pleasers, when I'm there, they all want to do. But the moment I step off the job, psh, I don't even want to tell you what I found these guys doing. We do, the, we do it with our children, right? We give them an assignment or whatever, and then we give them that opportunity, and all of a sudden... Yo, it's a little quiet up there. Let's go check them. And we find them on electronics and hanging out. We find them doing everything that they're supposed to, except what they're supposed to be doing. And that reveals a lot. As the master of that slave, he had a relationship to that slave who was neglecting his duties. He will come on a day that he is not expecting in view of the conduct of the slave. What else could he do? When you know you've got some workers that are a little shady, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna put an extra observation over that. You're, you're going to watch out. You're going you're gonna, to... Offer opportunities to show character. And in the workforce, sometimes, you know, that thing that you stumble upon, that you think, oh, <laughs> what a blessing. That ain't a blessing. That's a trap. What are you doing? That doesn't belong to you. Bring that back to the authorities. This is what I found. This doesn't belong to me. I wanted to go back to the, its rightful owner. This is emphasized with the addition at an hour that he does not know. Jesus is underlying the truth that the delay does not mean cancellation. If you're going to write anything down, write this down. God's punishment delayed is not God's punishment denied. God's punishment delayed is not God's punishment 
denied. The master may have been away for longer than this particular servant expected, but that did not mean that he would never come back again. And this is obvious to Jesus' second coming. And when he comes, there are really two destinations that we have, family. You're going to be found to be of one or two servants. You're going to be a faithful and wise servant, or you're going to be a disobedient servant. And what does that mean? Within this lies the ultimate truth. Heaven, life, and death is in the eternal damnation or eternal life. Life and death is in the balance. What am I going to be found before God? Most that would self-reflect already know what they're doing and how they're working within this kingdom. Make no, make, make no mistake about it. A not knowing what kind of servant I'll be found to be is a vote for damnation. If you do not know within your heart beyond the confidence, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that God is working inside of you, that you have felt his touch and felt his presence. You may not be perfect. You may not be where you want to be. But my God, I have felt your presence in my heart and in my life. I want to serve you. That is a faithful servant. It may not always translate. We may not always see it as pretty as we'd like to see it. But if the heart of heart is saying, My God, I want to be known as a son and a daughter of obedience. I want to live my life out now for you. My God, have your way in and through me. Take the brokenness of this, oh God, and make it whole in your time, Lord. That, yeah, yeah. That is the faithful servant. Listen to the illustration that Jesus ends with regarding the unhappy fate of the wicked slave. The master, Jesus says, will cut him in two. Now obviously this couldn't mean a literally cut in two because the man was still alive in the next clause. But clearly it stands for a severe punishment, perhaps a a heavy beating, or a cutting off of the inheritance when you cut someone off there's a cutting off the master will also put him back with the hypocrites the hypocrites the 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 mask wearers the ones that would um hide their true identity behind the mask the actors of the of the day that's 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 what this word uh hypocrite where where it comes from this man who pretended to be capable, to be a capable overseer of a whole household and who proved to be ineffective and inefficient and interested only in his own self-indulgence. This is where he belongs, with the actors, the ones that are perpetrating the fraud. This man hmm, says, wailing and the gnashing of teeth. And, and that's a proverbial expression. And Matthew uses it quite often. Um, it stands for the anguish and the suffering of those who are finally lost. Let me tell you something, family, as we bring this into conclusion this morning. We're, when we're lost, when, when, when our lives aren't making sense, when we're living for ourselves and our self-desire, And haven't given thought about God and his kingdom and what we were created to do and be. If we haven't sought that out, then we're missing the mark. Then we're missing the mark because what we're saying is that, you know what, I know better than you, God. 
This is what I want to do. This isn't about religion and it's not about a denomination. This is about a relationship with the living God. Just knowing that the God of the universe is mindful of the details of his children. I can't tell you the times, time and time again, that God has shown up in my life miraculously. I've, had a, I've asked God, you know, give me, give me greater vision for this church. And, 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 the, and, the, and the new thing that, that, that he implanted upon my heart was faith applied. What are we about? We're about the application of faith. It's not the religion. It's not the theology. It's faith applied. You call yourself a Christian? How's that working for you? Where are the areas that you're struggling in in your life? What are you putting at the feet of the cross and giving to Jesus and trusting him for the impossible? Come on. God wants us to rise above circumstances and situations and to be the light of this world. How can we be that light if we've accepted defeat? We are victorious. We are victorious. I don't care this battle. I don't care the circumstance. I don't care the weight, Christina. You're victorious. You're victorious. I'm victorious. Someone spoke that over my life when I was in the deepest of holes. When I had no hope. And someone spoke those words over me. I couldn't see it then. You may not be able to see it now. But I'm telling you. In Jesus Christ, we win. We have more than the victory. All those who profess to serve God must accept the truth that that service rendered must be wholehearted. It's got to be wholehearted. I'm not trying to earn my way into heaven because there's no way I could ever earn that. It was a free gift that Jesus gave to me. I will serve you, Lord God, wholeheartedly because I know that to be true. And that in due course, we're going to have to give account of ourselves to an omniscient God who knows all things and sees all things. Where will we be able to hide? Micah 4.3.5 says, Therefore he shall give them up until the time that she who is in labor has given birth then the remnant of his brethren shall return to the children of Israel. And he shall stand and feed his flock. In the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall abide. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. And this one shall be peace. It's a messianic prophecy of Jesus Christ and how, oh my God, how he fulfills it. Let me ask you a question, church. Is he your peace? Is he your peace? The Peak Community Church is a young, vibrant, life-giving church in the heart of Peekskill. Come and visit us on Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. at the historic Elks Club, 1038 Brown Street. Thank you for listening.